This is High Stakes from Gerard Phillips, Kate, and Hancock. Well, this is uh, Jay Insights on the High Stakes Podcast. I'm here with our CEO, David Gerard, and we're going to talk about a really interesting article that came out this week in Kaiser Health News. Um, article is by Melissa Bailey. It's published on February 4th, and it's titled Beyond Burnout, Docs Decry Moral Injury from Financial Pressures of Healthcare. And this idea of moral injury actually started in uh, military and combat situations. I mean, you can read the article and I would highly recommend it, but it's this idea that it's not just stress and it's not just uh, frustration with things being a certain way, but it's, it's actually being in a position where you feel forced to do something or not do something that as a result of that action or interaction uh, leads to harm for someone. Doctors Wendy Dean and Simon Talbot, um, Dr. Dean is a psychiatrist and Dr. Talbot, a surgeon, were the first to apply this in healthcare, the article says. And so we're going to talk about uh, what that means in the context of the healthcare setting, um, why it relates to physician burnout, um, and how uh, healthcare leaders can respond to it and um, help their clinical teams uh, manage what we all know to be an enormous and growing problem in healthcare. So, uh, David, talk a little bit about you know, your initial thoughts as you read this article. Um, I appreciated uh, Melissa's coverage and introducing the the phrase moral injury to the to one of the great issues that physicians are facing today. And you're right, it is a terrific article and I, and I think it adds new language to help us discuss uh, this challenge. One initial thought I had in reading the article is that physicians are not alone in having moral injury because healthcare is such a cause and mission driven place. It attracts people from all walks of life and all different kinds of caring professions, many of whom I feel also are struggling with moral injury. What the physicians are expressing here is a reflection of a sort of a grander disappointment with the delivery of health care that is apparent in over almost every aspect of society. I mean, we looked at the Iowa caucuses, and health care is the number one issue, right, on the minds of voters. Uh, we look at nurses and challenging challenges they're facing and the rise of unions who are who are looking to protect nurses. We look at these incredible levels of frustration people have either with the delivery of care, access to care, or even when they have confidence that they can access care, the fear that the care they just accessed is going to bankrupt them mm-hmm. or, or their family. It's, it, it begins to feel like a disappointment in healthcare, in the in the idea of what healthcare should be and could be, instead of what it is. So, what's a, what's a healthcare leader to do? Right. One important thing is to not pretend it doesn't exist. That this this is a conversation, this is a concern, and this is a point of exhaustion for for people whose lives are dedicated to doing good. Every, they're all everyone's human. Everybody has particular issues, and they 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 bring that and their agendas and, and and goals. But at at the heart of it, it's rare to find people who get in, involved in healthcare who aren't driven by a cause or mission to make somebody better, to do something good in the world. And when they when they hit their head on a brick wall again and again in a system that's designed to do that but doesn't, it's almost as if it's designed to cause frustration. I mean, it can certainly lead to injury and burnout among physicians, among nurses, but also among administrators and board members and parents and family members and senior citizens who isn't injured and exhausted. 
So therefore, we come back to this question. You said it's, first of all, don't pretend it's not a problem. Right. Don't, uh, as we often talk about, don't stay away from the problem. I mean, physically walk the halls, as we always talk about, be present, be talking to people. What else can you, as a hospital leader, do to, at an absolute minimum, present empathy and you know, to say that we are in this together, we have different roles, but we're here together, we will figure it out. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly the phrase I was thinking of. We are in it together. Because the psychology often is when when you're when you're suffering and frustrated is to to isolate yourself or to believe that you're isolated. This is happening to me and to my physician peers or to my nurse peers or to my administration peers and uniquely me. And that must mean that there's someone against me. Right, that that administration is against me, or the the system is against me, and and it becomes a a binary win and lose kind of conversation. I I think the challenge for administrators and leaders today, as you say, is to is to go back to your why. Why are we doing this? Why do we get into this business together? And how we can address it together, which is not going to solve the day to day difficulties of working with your EHR and having to spend more time looking at the screen than looking at your patient. But it can remind everyone that matters to you in the system that they're not alone. And that sense of unity by itself can be a a very powerful force for good. So we just talked about how people at all levels understand that this is a problem. Nobody wants it this way. And the article talks about systemic barriers related to the business side of healthcare. It's a direct quote from the article. So there's this kind of series of almost an infinite number, incalculable number of moments, decisions that have been made that have put us in this position where our healthcare system is what it is. And it now is putting up a wall against what we would like to see Hmm. happening, uh, what the way that we would like to see care delivered. And it has become much more financially oriented and metrics oriented. And so let's, let's take that apart a little bit because it it can be easy to say well this is this is the intrusion of business into medicine and this is this is because medicine is becoming a business but your your other point i think maybe more uh, relevant which is it, it relates to metrics and measuring and discerning uh, best practices across a very broad platform because in some cases it's not about the business but it's about the best medicine that we can provide which requires us now as evidence-based practitioners to measure, and so they, the role of data gathering and just big data in understanding the delivery of care, so it can be ever more efficient, is its own kind of pressure, and it's a it's a it's an insidious kind of pressure because if you are driven to be your best, which most physicians are, and you're driven to deliver great outcomes, which everyone in healthcare is, well, if you're given a new tool that that can drive you to be your best, you want to take advantage of it. And so there's there's a drive to do your best all the time in addition to take care of this person and see them as a person and to deliver care that has a, a good financial return so you can see the next person. It's hard for a physician to turn around and not see some pressure pointed at him or her that causes this kind of burnout and, uh, and stress. Medicine is a, I believe, at its core is a, is a kind of art. Right, and um, so much of what we're talking about here that causes burnout is this science, right, of metrics and design and financials and all those elements that that we know. It's balancing that art and science, right, that is at the heart of this discussion, I think. And I, I think what 
as a country we've experienced and what these physicians are experiencing are an imbalance. Right. And so how do we return to honoring that art so it provides not just health care, but health, um, I think is the goal of everyone here.